In today's episode, I talk to actor and magician Peter Clifford about how his boyhood obsession with magic, which first served as a social bridge in his shy early teenage years, flourished into a fulfilling career which has seen him collaborate with the likes of David Blaine and Darren Brown. Peter unravels the true art of misdirection and beautifully explains the intricate journey of a magic trick. Join us as we investigate the blurring between truth and illusion and discover why practice does not make perfect as we look at life through a different lens. Hello, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Perception Podcast and today I am overjoyed to be talking to the amazing Peter Clifford. Um, Now, Peter is uh, a lot of things really, Uh, a magician being one of those things Um, and he started magic after becoming obsessed with conjuring as a boy and winning several local and national magic and talent contests. Peter used magic to pay his way through drama school in Manchester. And since graduating, he's worked as an actor on stage and in television, as well as continuing to perform as a magician and work as a magical advisor. Um, Peter's created magical effects for many theatre shows and worked in television with the incredible Darren Brown and uh, as a magic consultant most recently for David Blaine on David Blaine Beyond Magic. Uh, Darren says of Peter, Peter Clifford is one of my favourite magicians and one of the loveliest people I know. And David Blaine says, Peter Clifford's love of the art resonates throughout the field of magic, bringing life and hope to us all. Wow. (laughs) Peter, (laughs) hello, hello, hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) It's really nice to have you here. It's so great. Nice to see you. Nice to be heard by you. Yes. Wow. Well, I hope... um, we're going to have a wonder. I know we're going to have a wonderful conversation um, because you really are. You one of the first people when I when I was creating my podcast series and also the and had the idea of creating a show about perception. Um, you were one of the first people that I kind of spoke to. Um, I think now it's probably about two years ago now, um, and. Two. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it was. It's hard to know, though, isn't it? Uh, Because I think everyone's perception of time has been was was has been shot by that by the pandemic for those two years. Just go. I can't remember. Yeah. When things happen now. Yeah. Time is four or five years. I've got. Exactly. Time has gone into a into a weird into a weird kind of space time continuum void. Um, (laughs) But yeah, is all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Well, you took the words out of my mouth. Um, So, um, yeah. So, Peter, really what I um, want to talk to you about is magic, because, you know, we'll talk about other things, of course, but uh, see how the conversation goes. It goes where it goes. But um, I absolutely love magic. I love, I love being, it's it's weird. I, I don't feel I'm being tricked, but I love the illusion and I, and I want to believe it. And I think that's the child part of me that is, that is in awe of kind of watching things and knowing, you know, there's part of me that knows, okay, this is an illusion but the greater part of me says, whoa, I love it. And um, and so I want to talk to you, first of all, about all things magic, but but first of all, about what drew you to magic? Oh, uh, oh so much there. Um, what first, re- obsessed, I'm just being an obsessive kid, and mm. it wasn't really, I wasn't, I don't, really think that I chose magic. It, it, it was just something by accidents mm-hmm. of, of geography and, um, and sort of lack of friends at, at key moments in my life and, and um, because of moving to different areas and yeah. then just having uh, an interest in puzzles, I suppose, puzzles and playing cards. Um, and I remember being shown 
magic tricks when I was about three years old. My mum's father did a trick with a pack of cards and four jacks robbing a hotel. And, and also he vanished a stone for mm. me. And I, so I remember that, but that didn't really grab me. Then when I was six or seven. I was given a magic set as m- lots of kids are. Didn't really get that, but I, but I remember it. Um, then David Nixon, I was, I really liked watching David Nixon on the, on the telly uh, and had his, David Nixon magic box book when I was about eight, nine. Then we moved <coughs> to a new area. Uh, and then I saw so all, all the friends, because we didn't have internet then and didn't have ways of keeping in touch as kids. So I lost mm-hmm. all my friends and then went to a school, uh, started to make some new friends there. Then I went to a different school to all of them. So when I was 11, 12, I d- by accident, didn't have any friends and found a book on card magic and just became obsessed with with learning card tricks. It just sort of mm. it, it um, gave me a focus, I think. It just gave me a focus. And people then started enjoying the card tricks and it was like, okay. So that's, mm. that's, that's how I, I got into it. I didn't get into it because of the magic so much as, or I didn't think I had it. It, it was more something to do and something that that fed well, some part of me or, uh, at that time it sounds also like it was a constant you know where where other things weren't were inconsistent as you say moving and the influx and outflux of of people in your life this magic yeah. magic is a constant and always there for you to kind of yeah. engage with and i was i was quite a shy kid as well so as mm. as it was fairly classic magic beginning really for a lot of magicians you find were, were shy kids um, and sort of geeky mm. <laughs> and that seems to mm. be a, a, a thing now and uh, I suppose a lot of them would be classed as Asperger's now as well and mm. there's elements of that and socially awkward I was I was socially awkward and learnt had a, it gave me a way of being with people that where I knew the rules, I knew the, the boundaries, mm. the rules of the interaction, because I was a little bit in charge of it. Mm. Whereas just talking to people, no idea what's going on, no idea where, where it's what's happening or where it's going. So mm. I think that helped. And going to parties, I had when I went to those in my mid-teens, I had no idea what a party was for. I didn't didn't get it. Didn't, mm. But being able to do card tricks gave me a reason for being there. Mm. But then it started to feel like that was the only reason I was invited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go double-edged get, sword. Yeah, go. It's always been a double-edged sword. <laughs> I, I, I both, like exactly. you said, on the, the competitions and things I did as a kid, I was in the paper quite a lot. But I hated being in the paper. Hated mm. my photo being there. Hated being misquoted by the journalists. I, oh. I, I always, I just thought I, I didn't say that. I, that's not what I said, and I. And I Really didn't like that. Um, uh, now I now I understand that they were making a story out of what mm. I said and making mm. it in, making it more interesting for, <laughs> for people that didn't know me or didn't know the content. But, but at the time, it was it was wrong. It was they were getting it wrong. That's not what I said. That's not what I meant. I hated it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And that, that put me off any kind of publicity, uh, publicity, and yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, which that- um, which necessarily, <laughs> <laughs> being an actor and a magician, it's not necessarily the best attitude to have. Exactly. Why I'm, I'm I've kept out of social media. I don't because I, I I'm not a strong enough personality to. Uh, I, I could never have been famous. I, I'm, I'm aware. I'm self aware enough to realise that fame would have been a bad thing for me, and I've I've avoided. I've avoided things that could possibly have led that way, even though they they probably wouldn't have done. But any chances, like when I, I was offered a, a TV show and things like that, I've, I've just I've turned them down because I've just gone no, no, because no, I don't know what to do. I wouldn't know what to do with it. So I'm much happier, much happier being sort of in the background or being able to be invisible. I like it my choice. I like it to be my choice when I'm visible and when I'm not visible. Well, uh, a, true, a true magician. 
Now yeah. you see him. <laughs> now you see him. Now you don't. <laughs> yeah. I still love, I loved it as an actor, being, being able to be on stage and have a, have a nice part and but then be in the bar and, and people not really recognise me. Yeah. Well, you're and somebody that, else. It's that, it's that, that, because I'm this, it, it, it's interesting. I am, people know me, I'm a kind of confident and outspoken person, but also there's a really shy part of me yeah. and, or a very private part of me, I should say, that actually the draw of acting and also puppetry is, when you're when you're doing puppetry, people are they're not looking at you. No. They're looking at no. the puppets. But also but also in the bar. So I'm a bit like, oh, they didn't they they don't recognise me. <laughs> because <laughs> that's that's a good thing because I've been looking at the puppet. Um yeah. uh um but also as as the act of being someone else of 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 taking on another mantle and being able to do and say maybe those things that you wouldn't do and say you know mm-hmm. so yeah really interesting but it, it, it is funny you're kind of I know when we were talking earlier uh b- before recording and you'd said and I said well how do people contact you Peter <laughs> <laughs> and you're like well well, actually, they can't no um uh, well, I'm on I'm on Facebook and I'm on yeah like, and like I yeah. said, if, if people want to get in touch with you nowadays, yeah. nowadays it's not. It, no, it's not. It's not difficult. Yeah, they can. Uh, the only thing I'm not, I'm not putting myself out there. Yeah. Not, yeah. So far, so far, I've been lucky in that um, I think I've got a broad enough set of income streams that I um, that I'm I've been able that, that usually well. So far, one of them's been coming off. Yeah. Yeah. Work. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. sometimes more than one, and sometimes four yeah. at the same time. Then, yeah. it, then it becomes yeah. a bit stretched. But but um, it's, but it's great though. It's great because I've seen your I've seen your magic, mm. and um, and it's fantastic. And there's something about there's there's so much joy in mm. it. There's so much joy in. As a, as a as an onlooker for me personally, you know, I as I said earlier, there's there's just this absolute. I give myself over just to believing what I'm seeing, you know, in believing what I'm seeing. I should say, give myself over to to fully buying into the illusion. But and, at the same time, at the same time, you you said you said in the intro mm-hmm. that you that or that um, you know that it's not real. Yes. Yes. And I think I think that that's why magic is an entertainment is that people know it's not real. If, yeah. if magic was real, if you if things then magic wouldn't exist as an entertainment. No, it would be quite freaky. <laughs> it be, well, no, it just it it wouldn't be because it would be it would be part of life. Mm. But because it's not, then you you know that it, you know it can't be, but. Mm. Oh, isn't it wonderful? That looks like that's happening. That's amazing. Mm. That's incredible. Mm. Mm. Well, this is it. This, I think it's the amazement of what you're seeing. Again, our perception, our visual perception of what we're actually seeing mm. and what the brain is telling us that we're seeing mm. are, are kind of two different things because all the time the brain is trying to help us out and say, well, well, this is what's happening, but your eyes may be seeing something completely different. I think that's, Um, yeah, that's how optical illusions work. I think that's why mm -hmm. optical illusions are fascinating because they reveal not, not how that your brain is wrong, but they reveal how your brain works. Yeah. How things in context to tell a story, your brain is telling you a story of everything that's around you. Yeah. To keep you to, safe to, and to, to keep, keep you, you alive and li- path, alive. Yeah. A path through so that you can take a step forward. Yeah. Both yeah. physically and metaphorically. Because yeah. because otherwise yeah. you would just be, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on? I don't know what any of this is. <laughs> Your brain just sort of says, Oh well, look, but this is this is yeah. This is uh, green. This is red, and 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 this is this is where we go with that, and uh, and that that's what mm. that looks like. That's that shape. So that's probably an apple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. can eat that. Yeah, yeah. 
So we read there's a lot of there's a lot to do with recognition. There's a lot to do with in terms of visual perception. I and my second episode that I talked to a, a professor of visual perception. We talk a lot mm. about this why we see things as we see them, and it's it's fascinating. Um, uh, I think we one of the conclusions we came to is that the eye is a shit camera. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, um, it's, the, it's the photographer. It's the, the eyes. Yeah, the eyes. Well, that shit. The eyes pretty. I mean, it, well, it's limited. Well, limited in what it's it, perceived. It, isn't ex- it? Exactly because your in brain's terms putting of, it all together. Your brain's the one that's telling the story. Exactly. So we may think that we see something. And again, this brings us back to illusion that we think that we see something, but what we think we're seeing isn't actually what we're seeing. Which is Um, my job is to make people is to take people down that route is to help the brain tell the story of one thing when in fact it's another. So yeah. there's a diver, the audience and the magician start or they think they start at the same point. And then the magician will start telling this story and visually and vocally and physically. Uh, and as he's telling that story and everything that the audience sees confirms the story that the magician is telling. Mm-hmm. Um, I take a coin in this hand, that, that sort of thing. <laughs> and, mm. and everything you're seeing, this hand's still open, this one's closed, therefore you're, everything you know from your past and what the magician is saying is, yeah, it's there. And then a magic blow and the coin is gone. Then mm-hmm. it, it's, it, and, and that's the moment that the magic happens is when the magician reveals that you aren't here, you're actually here. Mm-hmm. That's, so it's, it's sort of the two things going along. The magician is doing, doing things secretly and things are happening secretly. And just underneath, whilst he's telling this story that goes further and further, and the further away from the reality the magician can make you believe you are, when the reveal happens, the greater the gap, the greater the jump your brain has to make. Mm. And I think that that's that's why it feels it sort of can feel weightless and surprising and and uh, amazing. And, yeah. and yeah, and then and then that's hopefully perceived as amazing. If if the magician's done if the performer has, has done it in a way that isn't <laughs> you didn't know. I <laughs> then that's just like you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they haven't done that, yeah, <laughs> because, yeah, because that's a way that it it can be done, and and uh, that's ah, uh, I personally don't like that. It's it's quite, yeah. I, I much prefer going. I know, isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's just yeah. just a, so that it's a safe. That is incredible. That's wonderful. Well, this is it. There's so much skill. The way you put it there, that that divergence, you're starting at the mm. same point and then or thinking that you're starting at the same point as the magician and then the magician taking you on this journey. That was a really beautiful analogy and a beautiful way or beautiful description rather to to kind of how to how to place it because um, again, with anything, I think any kind of performance, as 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 again, as we said earlier, it's like like I was saying about long form comedy. They set the setup is here. Mm. They take you on a, the journey of the story, and then the the punchline, which gets the biggest laugh, is the one where it so cleverly brings you back to the beginning of the story. And but you've gone on a you've gone on a kind of a a, a, a crazy misdirected journey. Yeah. And it brings you back. And that's what creates this this you you just kind of go, wow, that's so clever. And that's so funny because because they've weaved a a, a brilliant story. And I think in in magic as well. It's the telling of the story. It's that it's mm. that or the laying out of the of the um path, I suppose, or the creation of the path. And and that's what we're transfixed by. This it's we're transfixed by the journey, really. I mean the well, and hopefully, then hopefully if it's good good storytelling and good performance, I think that's true. Yeah. I think good performers do that. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's what can elevate it above a trick uh, yeah. um, and can 
make it more entertaining. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. And I think we were, we were saying misdirection. People don't really, because a lot of, I, I do know, I did go out with a magician actually a long time ago and then he disappeared. But I did no, go. No, <laughs> no, no. That was my punchline. That was my punchline. But, um, but, um, there was a lot. So I do know a little bit about the art of myth because I was taught a few magic tricks, you know, um, and they gave me such immense joy because I was like, wow, the, 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 the energy that, as I was saying, the energy that you put into the telling of the story. Mm. And uh, even if it's a really simple trick creates when you, when, when there's the reveal, People are like, what? wow, how did you do that? And I'm like, well, I'll be, the magic circle will come after me if I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Making the coin disappear or whatever. But um, but I think that there may be some uh, misconception or misperception about what misdirection actually is. Can you mm. clarify what, what it is and how it, kind of works without giving away all your secrets. <laughs> without, without, without giving the away. mafia come after me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the magic mafia uh, making making you disappear. I think um, but- I think that it's 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 in the entertainment. It's in the I don't know how to phrase it without without ruining the magic. It's um it's not I can tell you what it's not. It's not mm. look over there. Well, I do this. It's it's not. It's it's subtle. It's 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 more. Look at this than look over there. Mm. So it's it's the it's it's not look over there look, and, and sneaky or uh, turning your back and and doing something. It's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not because it's not something that if it's done well, you won't even realise that you've been mm. misdirected mm. and. You won't even, as you think back over the what's happened, you won't even be able to see a point where you can mm. have been misdirected because you will feel that you have followed absolutely everything mm. because that's the story that the magician has told mm. uh, and has it, it's, there's, there's absolutely nothing happening over there. Here's, here's where it's all happening. Mm. Here's where it's all happening. And this is, this is what is happening. And then it's, Oh no, it's over there. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um Well when you say that, you so know, you've it, sorry. It's misdirection leads you on the on the path of the, the narrative of the effect and mm. away from the method. Yeah. That's a great that's, way to put it. That's, yeah. that's what that's what uh, misdirection does. Yeah. That's a great way to put but it. You, and but you won't recognise it. Hopefully, you won't. Uh, you won't recognise it. I, I love it when I've been when I've been drawn in like that. It's one. It's mm. wonderful because as a another thing that another thing is that being fooled. The the idea of being fooled. If if a magician watches another magician, and they they know how ninety eight percent ninety nine percent of it is done. But if they don't know how just just that tiny little bit, that one percent or two mm. percent, call it two percent, <laughs> if they don't know how that two percent is done, they will consider themselves fooled. Mm. Even if they've known that ninety-eight percent, but that tiny little bit fools them, they'll go, "Ah, oh, yeah, got me. Well done. That's lovely." If a layperson watches a magic trick and they've got absolutely no idea about ninety-eight percent of it, but they suspect, not know, but if they suspect that two percent. They won't consider themselves fooled, mm. even 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 if they don't know what that two percent is. If they suspect that it's there, they'll go, "Oh yeah, it's that. Yeah, it, it happened there." So with uh, good magic, you have to practice so that the method is invisible, completely invisible. Mm. Because if a layperson suspects that there's sleight of hand, suspects that there's something funny about a prop. They won't think that they've been fooled. They won't fi- feel the magic. Mm. They have to. They have to um, not even smell deceit. Mm. That's mm. that's which is uh, it's, that's why you have to. Work. So as a magician, you you practice and practice and practice to be able to do the moves. And some of the moves are technically a, a really hard. Some and mm. 
But then you have to, once you've practiced to be able to do it, you then have to practice and practice and practice so that it's invisible mm. as well. So you, you have to keep going. You keep going until you can do it, and then you keep going until what you can do is invisible. <laughs> mm. whatever, whatever that might be, whether it's a psychological deception or a physical deception, it's still you still have to make it invisible, and that's what the misdirection is, is that yeah. the method is utterly invisible. Well, I think this is, and I know you've worked a lot with Darren Brown and David Blaine, and I think that that's part of their uh, appeal mm. uh, is this the invisibility, and you, you kind of look, you go, how the bloody hell, <laughs> how 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 is that possible? How did they do that? It's it, mm-hmm. you know you can't this you can't see the join, and I think that as you say that's the important thing and that's what gives us the joy actually mm. the, it, enjoying being fooled enjoying not knowing enjoying believing that something has happened that you have no explanation for yes yeah 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 it's it's incredible so how did you so how so in terms of magicians getting together so how mm. did you First of all, work with, say, David Blaine or or Darren Brown. I think you are friends. You're obviously you're friends with both of them, mm. but but how do are you a member of the Magic Circle? <laughs> are you? Do you all have to be uh, <laughs> members of the Magic Circle? How yep. does it work? No, no, uh, the, no, none of the three of us are. Oh, okay. Um, no, uh, well, D- Darren, I met through a, f- a mutual friend, mm-hmm. uh, and when I moved to Bristol, we we just we met up socially, mm. uh, and just really got on. And this was before any anything any TV stuff had happened for for Darren, uh, and we just used to work with each other and come up with ideas, and and then the TV stuff started happening. So he. Um, and I, I was just there. So it was mm. uh, happenstance, luck and geography again. Mm. <laughs> and then because of that association, um, I then was interviewing Darren at a, a magic convention. Uh, he was the guest of honour and mm. wanted me to interview him. And, and the organisers of the convention asked me to do a, a, a lecture uh, as well. I said, well, if you're coming to do that, would you do a lecture? And I said, I haven't got anything to say. And I, and I thought, oh, well, I'll, in the end, they persuaded me to do something on stagecraft. Do, just do 20 minutes on stagecraft mm-hmm. for magicians was, was the remit. So I did 20 minutes on voice, physicality, character, uh, choreography of props, self, and volunteers on stage. Uh, and creating a, a narrative structure from something that doesn't inherently have one, all in 20 minutes. So it was a really, <laughs> you can imagine, I could have done a day on any one of those subjects. Whoa! 20 minutes. And David happened to be in the audience, uh, and he just came up to me after, yeah, Peter, I want you to come and work with me. And, and, I, and I thought, yeah, okay, that's, that's great. Initially, I thought, it's like an actor saying, let's do lunch. You know, it's just... Um, <laughs> It's like, I mean, it, what it actually means is, oh, I like you. I really enjoyed your performance. And if we spent time together in the future, that would be lovely. But let's not get our diaries out just yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's, but, that's... But three, week, three weeks later, I was sat in a hotel in New Orleans with David Blaine working on a show that we were putting on the next day. And then from that, I worked on doing the TV show. And I was always taken over there to work on a theatre show. But then I, it got sort of delayed and um, sidetracked, and I ended up working on the TV shows with him uh, and uh, the team. And then then the, the theatre show ha- was happening, and I got called out and I started working out on that again and, and doing that. It's absolutely incredible because it, it's so strange, isn't it? Because also when you were talking there about the 20-minute thing that you did, which 20 minutes has led to... Kind of a yeah, lot of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight years of working of working with uh, on and off with David from remotely. But it's, mm. And and that also is great because that's about you saying yes. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, and then that, yes, leading on to other things, because I know you were talking about being lucky, but I'm like, yeah, well, we create our own luck, you know, so. Do. There's that, there's, is it sort of yeah. like luck rides on the shoulder that are prepared or something like that? It's just yeah. it's, it's ability meeting opportunity, something like that. But you have to say, yes. you have to be prepared and you have to say yes. Yes, so, exactly. Be and prepared and, and say yes and and go with it. I'm yeah. a great believer in that. And then and work, I, work, work. Yeah, <laughs> and then work hard. Work hard um, on, on what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I think also that when you were talking, what I what what kind of struck me, I thought for you to be able to do that talk, that 20 minute talk when you talked about voice and about performance, yeah. I thought, well, that's yeah. great that you're acting. Yeah. has stood you in good stead to be able to combine those things because yeah. a lot a lot of magic I suppose or to be a successful magician you have to really be a good performer and I think a good performer in not you know, it's knowing who you are knowing who you are and then uh I suppose amplifying that persona and um, because, well, knowing how you're seen, knowing yes, how, knowing, knowing yes. who you are on stage. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Knowing who you are on stage, and then and then yeah. amplifying that because there are really interesting. You do see that there's so many different kinds of magicians, hmm. and that are successful because of this particular nugget of whatever the. It is in their personality that makes them really uh, memorable. Mm. I mean, in, in turn, we can go to, so as I was talking now, I was thinking of Tommy Cooper, you mm. know, <laughs> completely, completely just uh, a master of his bad funny, magic. Funny, yeah. funny man. Yeah. 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 But a, a complete master of his, because we we think now more now because of the kind of amazing stunts uh, um, of David Blaine. We think of kind of magic. We've been opened to this the whole psychological and Darren Brown the whole psychological thing with magic. But looking at that, uh, I suppose the old school magic. Funny is funny, you know, and magic is magic. (laughs) (laughs) And stories are stories. And the story, yeah, and stories are stories. And I think it's that connection, isn't it, that really in its its purest form is the connection of the performer with the audience, how they Mm. create that conversation, that energetic conversation, and how they can then take them on the story as to whether they are you know, successful or not, or whether they are uh, engaging, I should say, or not. Yeah, yeah. It's. Yes. I think <laughs> the interesting thing with David now is that he's he, he did a show called Real or Magic. Yeah. Uh, a, a TV show. And that's because that title encapsulates what he does now and where he's, where he's, evolved where he's gone mm. with it and that which was it, it was always there a little bit i think but he has taken things that just with magic you take things that are impossible and make them seem real and what david's doing now is taking things that are real but look utterly impossible whether that's being in a box and not eating for 44 days or stand, standing on a pole for three days and, or pushing a spike through the hand or uh, um, holding his breath for like uh, 17 minutes or whatever it is. And that, um, all these things look impossible, but he's doing them for real, which is another, it gets a similar reaction, gets a similar, oh my God, oh my goodness me, that's, uh, ah, that's incredible. I think the the box the box d- didn't come off in this country. I feel, um, mm. but I think that that was more because the story wasn't clear, the context wasn't clear, you, who he was wasn't clear. He was still sort of seen as a magician more mm. than a, um, a daredevil or someone pushing his body to the limits. He was sort of 
a magician. So it's like, oh, so what's the trick there? How's he doing that? Mm. And, and there was no how. The how was, yeah, he just didn't eat for 44 days. It's it, just extraordinary. So he's he's genuinely trying to find out what the limits of human capabilities are and what you can do and, and trying to encapsulate those in, in images um, of, I don't want to call them stunts because then they're, they're sort of more than experiences, I suppose, in fact. Yeah, or acts of kind of craziness. <laughs> no, but acts of... Because <laughs> <acts of> <laughs> that's what they are. Because <laughs> that's, that's what they are, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Because... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Darren doing the same thing. He, I think they're both... I think what they do is they, they find something that interests them and then push it as yeah. far as they can. And yeah. both of them, I think, have this longevity because what well, Darren's been, um, David's been around since 1997, I suppose. That was when his first special came out. And Darren's been around since just after 2000, um, 2001, I think. So that's over 20 years, both of them over 20 years. But they've evolved. Both of them have evolved. And both of them have... Um, uh, <sighs> They, they've sort of evolved and gone deeper into the direction that they, they were always, things that they were always interested in mm. and shared that. Well, I think that's it, isn't it? Once you've, because they do say practice makes perfect and it does. No, uh, it, doesn't. No, oh, it, doesn't. it doesn't. No, it doesn't. What do you think practice does? Practice makes permanent. Ah, okay. Because if you practice something badly, that's what you're practicing. Ah, okay. So you you pra- you can so you have to practice reflectively. You have to be uh, practice in a particular way. So I said, yeah. No. The last show, the last show I did, uh, magical mythologies, which I'm still touring, is, is um <clears throat> was practice makes perfect is is one of the lines in it, and then I go, no, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Practice makes permanent because that because it's not just what you practice physically. It's also because the magical mythology is about stories we tell. And the first half is stories we know we're telling. Uh, And I do things with Shakespeare and uh, stories with beginning, middle and end. And then I do the end, middle, beginning, and then, uh, and then the second half is stories that we don't know we're telling ourselves, which goes back to what we were saying about perception. Mm. And one of those things is, stories that we tell ourselves, things that we accept and practice and believe. And when you practice something you believe. So for me, something I always had was um, jack of all trades, master of none, because I do so many things. Mm-hmm. I've always thought of myself as a jack of all trades and master of none. And I've always focused on the master of none because it's, yeah, I can do all these different things, but I'm not the best at any of them. And it's just mm-hmm. like, yes, yeah, so I'm, and I've always used that as a sort of downer on myself, as a negative mm-hmm. thought. Mm-hmm. Sort of, uh, uh, yeah, jack of all trades, master of none. And that's that's the story I told myself. Mm-hmm. And I was researching this show, and I found out that that's not the whole quote. I discovered that jack of all trades, master of none, is only half the quote. The rest of the quote, so it goes, jack of all trades, master of none, but oftentimes better than master of one. Mm. is the full quote. And wow. learning that flipped a perception I've had of myself for over 30 years, 35 years, just in that, just learning that. I just went, oh, oh, God. And that's, that's, so that's the story that I've been telling myself. That's the thing I've been practicing. That's the thing that had become permanent was this belief that I was less because I did all these things. Mm. But then actually, oh, no, that's, that's just the story. I was, when I learned the rest of the quote, I realized, oh, no, I was, basically I was lying to myself and, mm. and, um, or using that story to belittle myself and, and what I enjoyed and what I wanted to do. Uh, but then learning the rest of the quote, I'm now practicing the rest of the quote. And things have – it's really odd. I've, I've enjoyed magic more. I've enjoyed – learning more because I've always enjoyed learning new things all the time. Um, lots of that's, different things, but well, that's, so, and now I'm practicing that. So, but it practice makes permanent. Not wow. Per- <laughs> and you've, cause you, you've created actually with that, that 
learning the rest of it has created a new neural pathway. It has. Which now you are strengthening. And can exactly. you just, can you say, exactly. Jack of all, can you say that whole quote again? Jack of all, Jack trades, of all master- trades, master of none, but oftentimes better than master of one. That is so, it's so funny, isn't it, that nobody knows the rest of that quote. <laughs> because so odd. Yeah. Because of the, well, I think it's the nature of hum- humans, the nature of humanity. We kind of look, we kind of are set to, to, uh, be down on ourselves, I suppose, rather than. Seems to be. I think possibly in this country as well. I don't know. And in the States now, that whole up, I mean, maybe I haven't lived there long enough or or been in the States long enough to, to see the downside, but it seems like if, if over here, or over there, if you say, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm writing a novel, it would just be, oh, great, what's it, what's it about? What are you doing? How's it, where's the story coming from? Oh, great, that sounds, oh, great, great. Over here, it's going, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm writing a novel. Oh, you think you're a writer, do you? Yeah, well, I'm thinking of doing it. I'm thinking of doing it. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah it's so... <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I try. Is... I try and hold on to the. Oh, that's brilliant! Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Off you go. Exactly. I want to do this. Bloody brilliant! Rather great. than rather great. than oh, rather, ooh, rather than uh, why do you want to do that? Yeah, are you are you <laughs> sure? You know, it's it's yeah. I think it is something that is very British. This sort of uh, reluctance to engage with joy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, or no, perhaps that's a bit harsh. Uh, reluctance. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think There's, there is a reluctance to kind of be up, isn't there? There's a reluctance to to. I think it's a. I think it's a thing with safety. It's like we'll be small and be safe and secure. Whereas Americans, yeah. the American mindset is like we've gone into this huge wilderness. Okay, that. You know that isn't ours, but we've gone into this huge wilderness. But that uh, uh, don't get me started. But, no. um, <laughs> but but in terms of in terms of people, and I suppose there's a there's a difference between a pioneering spirit and a conquering spirit. Mm. I think mm. I think somebody who is who wants to become a pioneer is someone who's open to whatever anything is, is kind of thrown at them and they feel that they, they can take that on and still move forward Mm. um, and create new things as well. Um, And I think conquering is very much, there's something that's really combative about it. We conquer, conquer ourselves. Yeah. There's something that's combative about it. And, and, and I just, and I think that, and yet we still have we still have Shakespeare and uh, Elgar and, and yeah and Tommy Cooper and yeah <laughs> yeah just there, Tony there, Hancock uh, yeah there those goons that just yeah and but there 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 are those they're they're a pioneers I would call those people pioneers you know because they're taking something, inspired, so they're, taking something new or taking something and making it new or or going to where, you know, someone hasn't been before, you know, kind of thing, as opposed to, yeah. So those pioneers are are here. Mm. But So maybe do you think, as uh, collectively, do you think we're all practising being, um, not being pioneers? So you practise not stepping outside or tall poppy syndrome, isn't it? Not, well, not standing out from the crowd. And- I think, I think... My personal view is that we are conditioned from, and this is to do with perception, that we are conditioned from birth to to not be these pioneers, to not be pioneering spirits. We're conditioned from birth to be, to fit in. Uh, And unless... Know uh, know your place. Exactly. And unless, and that is then reinforced in school, 
and that is reinforced in university and that is reinforced in work and that is reinforced mm. in society and that is reinforced through media. And the most uh, recent example of that, Know Your Place, is this coronation, you know. Yeah, yesterday. Like we are this, this hierarchy and and know your place within that and and personally it's something i know people have lots of different uh 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 opinions yeah perceptions and opinions around that based on their upbringing and based on their conditioning uh and that's fine but um but to me it is this this let's make let's keep us small let's keep us small and you uh, and you and you learn that you're limited when actually we limit less, and it's only our minds that are limiting us. It's the belief that you can't do. It's not whether you can or you can't do something. It's the no. belief that you can or can't do something that actually stops you doing those things. Um, that's my personal opinion, anyway. And that, and this is why in this in this podcast series, I want to kind of challenge those beliefs with the people that I'm talking to, such as yourself. And I, I agree. And that's the sort of thing that's, that's where going back to Darren, that's where how he's evolved and, and David, that where they are, where they are, where they meet in mm. their performance and their is that they're both of them are saying you're not limited. You're limited by, your belief of what the limit is. It's like that, that phrase of argue for your limitations and they're yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, so, and, and Darren tries to gives that to people by manipulating them into, or giving them circumstances where they can be a better version of themselves and discover more about themselves. And David does it by someone saying, yeah, you won't be able to hold your breath for, for that long, that's impossible. It goes, okay. <laughs> yeah, mm. you won't be able to not eat for 44 days, you'll die. Okay. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so it's like... Because they are, they I are. Can, let's see what we can do. Well, this is it. All the all the, all the the uh, things that you there mentioned about David Blaine and these incredible... Uh, incredible acts of craziness, as I called them. But mm. um, they are the things that holy men would, you know, I'm not going to eat for 60 days or I'm going to stand on a pole for three years, you know, on one leg in the middle of the mm. Himalayas or, uh, you know, put a, 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 a pipe, a, a, a knife through my hand, sharp object through my hand, because I'm protected. And it's this incredible, there's something I do think that there is, the mind is so powerful in. Yeah. Well, Wim Hof has become popular, hasn't he? Through yeah, exactly. 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 It's so like. The thing is, is push, push against your limitations if you want to. I mean, yeah. Still- yeah. And believe, or at least believe that you can. Yeah. Uh, and I and I think that is something that is, it's a really important thing. Um, God, fascinating. Really fascinating. Because this takes magic kind of, <laughs> a great, great conversation that has brought us to cover that really it's, it's the, the mind is the only thing that limits us. Um, and the mind is where the magic happens as well. The magic yeah. doesn't happen here. It's the, 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 it's, it happens in what you think you see and what you actually then what you actually see. If, if there's a thing in magic, if, if once the audience has fooled themselves, your, your job you've won. Mm. <laughs> that's mm. that's the effect. You get them to fool themselves, get them to follow that path, and once they believe there, oh, then all those all those human traits of confirmation bias and things like that mm. play into your hands because they everyone will argue. No, the coin was absolute. I saw him take the coin. Mm. I saw him take the coin. Mm. And it's another phrase I like is that it's easier to fool someone than to convince someone that they've been fooled. Yes. Because once someone has been fooled, in whatever context that is, and we can become quite political again now, then yeah. they're, they're going to 
argue for that because oh. they're, they're emotionally attached to that and they're emotionally engaged and they believe that. Oh, completely, completely. Yeah. Even if you were to, even if you were to show someone evidence, they would still, once they've been fooled, they will still, as you say, still argue for uh, their belief. What, their, their belief. Their, their, their... Ah, God. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, and political. Yeah, exactly. Which we could, that's maybe another another episode as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, I don't feel expert. No, I'm not. I don't feel like expert yeah. in anything anyway. Just, yeah. just learning. Just learning. And, and so... Um, oh God, there's so much more I want to talk to you about, Peter. Um, <laughs> well, we, um, we, we can meet up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was thinking, you know, as we were talking and you were talking about some of the daring, daring uh, feats of of uh, kind of physical magic. And I, my Houdini came into my mind because he was, a, again, yeah, a master of... And a, and a huge hero of, of David Blaine's. Well, yeah. That when you when he's you talked modern, about the modern Houdini, he's just yeah, yeah, and he's doing he's doing things Houdini couldn't have done as well. It's just a bit yeah, 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 yeah completely, and um, and so so what do you think? So what's next for you? What are you up to? What are you going to be doing in the next few? You said you you've still got your show. Can you tell us a bit? Can you tell us a bit more about this show? Because that was really that was so. Uh, that was so fascinating what you said about the the whole, the whole sort of the structure of it. The, stru- the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, story. So it's, yeah, I just wanted to since so when I put shows together, I always have like a, a, something that interests me. Mm. Um, or something I found fa- I find fascinating. Often it's things that don't actually make sense. So I did I did one show on I called it Magic Matters, and it was about matter and atoms and mm. uh, and the way that uh, uh, solid tables they're, they're not solid, and what are edges? Because on one level, there's no, there is no edge. It's everything's just, it's just another, <laughs> it's just all the same, and just go, ah. Um, so I, that doesn't make sense. And then I did one about time because time doesn't quite make sense mm. either. And you, you what you feel it is and what it actually is when you look at it harder. Um, so magical mythologies is, it sort of came into being because I was thinking about stories and the stories, the myths that we make up. Um, some people are disappointed that I'm not talking about Greek gods more <laughs> yeah. in the show. Cause I go mythologies, you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, so, but it's more the things that we've created, the uh, stories we've created. So I do something. I do. I do a bit about time is there, and I, I begin with once upon a time, and end the whole show with happily ever after for particular reasons. And mm. and the first, like I said the first half of the show is stories we know we're telling ourselves, stories we know we're telling each other. So I'll do a thing with um, Shakespeare. I do a thing with Shakespeare, and I because of I've done more Shakespeare than anything else as an actor. Mm. Love mm. it. So I do something about that. I do um, my own story, my own journey, a bit of my own life story. Uh, and I, I was thinking, oh, yeah, stories, when we structure them, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I said before, and I, I construct a card trick where I do the beginning of the card trick, the middle of the card trick, and the end of the card trick. But then I do it in reverse. So I start, I do the same trick, but mm. I do the end first, then the middle, then the beginning. Mm. Then I get rid of the middle and just do the beginning and the end. And then I do the beginning and the end simultaneously. And so I do the same trick like four different times, but mm. in, in different ways. And then, yeah, and the second half is stories that we don't know we're telling ourselves. And, uh, and um, there's things about writing and the perception of words and how that can make uh, us believe certain things or, or we make assumptions about certain things which aren't necessarily, which aren't true. Uh, and then also I, I teach everyone a magic trick except for one person. I have one person on stage. So everyone sees, the whole audience sees how the magic trick's done, mm. but at the same time can understand what the person on stage is experiencing. So they can see 
they they see the journey, they see the story that I'm telling, mm-hmm. they also see what's going on. So I, I, I share that. Um, and then it's up to the person on stage whether they find out how it's done or not. They can keep mm-hmm. the wonder or they can just, they can actually find out the mechanics, which are pretty cool anyway. The, the choreography of it is really yeah. Is fun. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's, and within it there's phrases like um, practice makes permanent, and <laughs> yeah. general trades master of none, and so that, that's how it is in the first half, and then the second half it's revealed how the things, the story, what we talked about, the stories that we practice on, on ourselves and tell ourselves, uh, and how you can look at those and change them if you want. And then there's a the thing about what does the audience want to change? And there's a bit about optical illusions as well. So again, optical illusions revealing how your mind is playing magic tricks on you. Mm-hmm. How your mind is showing you one thing and telling you one story when the reality is something different. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's how that that's how that shows works and how it got and that's there. is that still touring? Is that it? It's I'm still doing it. I'm doing it in Tetbury on the 27th uh, at the Good Shed, and then I'm looking looking at doing a sort of I'd like to do a sort of rural touring of it next next mm-hmm. year next spring. I'm looking, I've got a meeting about that. So because the other thing I'd like to do is just take it to people and. Mm-hmm to their communities rather than have them come to mm. the theatre and have to travel. I like, I like, I quite, again, small scale, off the radar, I get to share things with people, but mm. I can still be uh, uh, pretty anonymous. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's, oh, Peter, thank you so, so much. It's been so wonderful to talk to you today and i loved and i love when you were talking there you said keeping so people can keep the wonder yeah uh you know and and that's what i'm that's what i intend to do <laughs> keep the wonder <laughs> keep the wonder in everything and the possibilities and the possibilities exactly because there are the possibilities are huge as we were saying yeah. before this has been such a great conversation because we have well, for me anyway, I don't know about anybody else, but uh, it's been a great... Me. I love, I, it's fascinating. Again, um, I love thinking about it. Yeah, it's been a great conversation because we've, like I say, you've talked, to, you've talked a bit about magic, but also what is underlying. Um, and really it's, it is about us and our, and our, I suppose our... Uh, what am I searching for to say? But I think it's I think it's our whether we want to accept, whether we say yes, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. It's whether we say yes. Um and thank you for saying yes. Uh, thank you for <laughs> thank saying you for yes. Asking. Yeah, thank you for saying yes and 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 for coming on to the show and um and it's been really great talking to you as always. Um and if people want to contact you, you you are on Facebook, I'm on and, Facebook, and I'm on Instagram and and Twitter, Instagram. and they can and they can find you. Carogmatic, C A R O G M A T I C on Twitter. Okay, uh, Carog. Carogmatic. Oh, okay, fantastic. So it's, uh, it's it sounds like charismatic, and it's an anagram of magic actor. Oh. <laughs> I thought there was some sort of, I thought there was some crazy anagram work going on there. Of course there is. Um, uh, That's fantastic. So what I'll do is I will put those uh, um, uh, links in the show notes. I'll put those links in the show notes and I will um, also put uh, uh, your biography, a fuller biography in the show notes if people would like to read about some of the, things that you've done. Um, and I will thank you for, again, for coming on and speaking oh, to me. It was so lovely. great. It's lovely. it's lovely to chat to you. And, um, and thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, um, please like and share and subscribe and follow. Um, and I look forward to speaking to you next week on another episode of the Perception Podcast. Bye.